All right, there we go. It is a brand new Achi's podcast, episode number 88, Harry. It's the Eric Lindros episode of the Achi's podcast. Oh, jeez. The crazy eights. <laughs> yeah, the crazy eights line. Who are the other two, Harry? Oh, now you got me on a... Um... Well, Recky, of course, just went in the Flyers Hall of Fame, NHL Hall of Famer. Yeah. Franchise record, first right. points in a season over Clarky. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not I'm not I'm not in hockey mode. Come on, Brent Fedick, huh? Oh jeez. <laughs> he was supposed to play in the alumni game a couple weeks ago. Oh but, yeah? Uh, why, yeah. Why 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 was he in no show? I think he pulled a groin, Harry, he pulled oh. a lane. <laughs> was like I am not doing this at 58 <laughs> years old, whatever he is, right? <laughs> but Rex uh, was in. Rex was yeah. in for the Hall of Fame game. I'm sure he was in shape. He was. Yeah. He, he looked like he could go out there and play on a with, on a Marshan line right now. I believe it. I believe yeah. it. Guy could snap it. Um, we got some guests in our uh, episode today. We're gonna get to some stuff. You got some stuff you got to get off your chest, which we'll get to as well. But you, you know how we like to dip our toe. See, Harry and I, um, really deep down, never wanted to do sports radio. We wanted <laughs> to do it initially. Yeah. As a gateway. Right. To being a, an old school rock radio jock, yeah, right? yeah. Sports radio was sort of marijuana for us, and 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 rock radio was our LSD and cocaine. Like it yeah. was the gateway to the real stuff. <laughs> to, you to know, the, you mean, by by real you mean the good stuff. The good stuff, exactly. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> let's bring a bit down. We got some rock radio legends. We got Marcus in the darkest, and my man. <laughs> really shirt on ray coot what's going on boys hello you guys are funny man i yeah, didn't realize sports on, radio was your gateway drug to radio oh, the, yeah, the... i mean you and i were in there at night you know in the in the evening you had that seven to ten seven to eleven shift whatever it was and that's when I, my first show was on at night and we were right down the hall from you on the on the third floor and i used to sneak down during breaks and right. just kind of listen at the door to hear what you were doing, man. Because I wanted to just bust in there. But every now and then the red light would go on, on and I couldn't come in. But I'm like, should I go in there, man? I want to talk rock and roll with Coob. <laughs> That's not an easy door to bust in, though. No, it's not. It's like a vault door. <laughs> and and I'll tell you why. Because Rodney actually put a lock. I don't know why he did it. But on the inside of that door and on the third floor, MGK Main was actually lockable, which was Oh, I'm really? Still, yeah, I don't know wow. why. But it was. They should have brought PD that out. door back up. You should have brought <laughs> that door to the fourth floor, man. We need that in the studio. <laughs> Sometimes we do. Yeah, the fourth floor stall. Yeah. There's a Twitter handle about that bathroom. Oh, Either yeah. the lock or they need to install one of those revolving doors in the Pierre Robert studio door because there's always people running in and out of there. Oh, yeah. I, I, bet, I guarantee that DeBella had something to do with that lock because I worked at YSP. At Fifth and Market, and that's where we swap. met. That, yeah, that's and that's where the um, the original studios were for MMR before you guys swapped. Yep. And DeBella designed that main studio, and there was a there was a feature in there. Har. on oh, yeah. the left, like you had your console here, and then on the left there was your your cart rack with all your drops. You had carts, right. right? That we used to play everything off of, and there was a button, and you hit the button. There was a thing called the Debellivator. Yep, <laughs> and the cart rack. Went down into the console, and all his drops were behind it. Oh. <laughs> Almost nobody knew that this existed, mm -hmm. except for those of us who were working there. The, the so, elevator. 
but it was a great idea. You know, one day they're looking at how they're going to get all these carts in there. And I know John, he was thinking like, how the fuck am I going to get around having to cart all these in here every day? Yep. And the logic was right there. And they just, you know, they added a thing and put in an elevator That's or the brilliant. elevator as you call it. Yeah. <laughs> and now yeah. it, it was later you know completely uh, uh knocked down that whole building's gone and it's a museum now i know and really uh, yeah 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 so jewish that, museum or something yes american jewish museum yeah, yeah. wow so, but um it was also where channel three was located before they moved to spring garden and kyw so, you know, there was more than one occasion, including the day that MMR moved into the fifth and market where they scared the hell out of everybody who'd been in that nice, quiet, bucolic news kind of vibe for so mm -hmm. long. So. Well, MMR and NYSP were broadcasting from the same across the glass, essentially. Yeah. Really? The main studio to, to uh, studio two, I guess it was. You had the newsroom and then the other studio. They were stacked. Wow. And MMR's broadcasting through there. At YSPs in there as the move is taking place. I was part of that, man. Wow. Yeah. Now, well, they they had a, a B studio where we did a lot of uh, production stuff. Where if you were pre, re, or if you were like pre-recording a show, you could work in there. Yeah. Um. So I was live in there for the first shift of YSP because I had worked in that studio while Earl Bailey was in the main studio, who's now on satellite radio. He mm -hmm. was in the main studio, yeah. and he was the last broadcast from. Uh, MMR in that studio and we switched off and Ed Shockey was waiting out in Ballot Kimwood because he had worked in the YSP studio which is now the Ben FM studio in the corner there Wow! Uh, so he was there and that's why I was in in, in uh at Fifth studio and Market yeah. yeah it was wow. one of those weirdest things to be working in the same studio suite with a competitor basically and it would have been not a competitor that was like a, a staunch competitor. There was a battle. It was a mortal there. enemy. Come yeah. on, they were yeah. you were mortal enemy. Yeah. It was the model for celebrity death match. It really was <laughs> in Philadelphia, at least. But um, the uh, the fact is, is that they wanted to, uh, Channel Three wanted us both to be live together on each other's air, and they were going to cover it on TV. An unheard of thing, right, in our yeah. world. And uh, Tim Sabian's like, no effing way. <laughs> no I work for Tim. Now, you were, you know, Tim. He was a fun. There was a, there was on the board, Harry. Yeah, you had your hotlines. There was H one, H two, and H three. And <laughs> H three would ring. It'd be like another jock calling, like breaking your balls about something. But when H one rang, it, nobody knew the number to H one. We tried to reverse engineer to get this number. Only Tim Sabian had that number. You'd do a shift and you'd just do a break or something. And you'd see H one ring. You'd be like, oh shit. Uh -oh. And you, you you pick it up and go, studio, and you were getting one of two messages. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Screaming at you. You're ready to walk out and quit. Uh -huh. And then he'd yell at you, and then he'd go, what are you doing tonight? You're going to go out and you're on a strip club? You're getting fucked up? I'm like, I'm ready to quit, you dickhead. <laughs> you just was, motherfucked me. <laughs> was that the location uh, after MMR moved from 19th and Walnut? Um, yeah, they went from 19th and Walnut to from Rittenhouse Square. To yeah, that's and 19th Wall. and Walnut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's where I remember them when I was in college. Yeah, right on Rittenhouse. You could actually I was look up into the window. You could see them. Yeah, at night when yeah. you were on in the air at night, sometimes you know, yeah, kind of creepy at three o'clock in the morning. Close, close the drapes just for yeah. that. Yeah. 
That was the only reason. Right. Although right. I will say Bubba John did discover that the ventilation, because of the big, big windows, Marcus, did you ever see the big windows in person? I've seen the pictures of the big windows. Okay. Well, there's one right behind <laughs> us every time we're on the, no, there's a one in the studio right yeah, behind I've us. Seen those. Yeah. Um, uh, he figured out the ventilation between the windows in the front of the studio and the windows in the back of the studio were perfect. Hmm. I'll just say that for those yeah. late night moments, but you know, uh, it could right be weird <laughs> with the park right there across, you know, across the street. Right. In this day and age, I don't know if I'd want to do that, you know, middle of the night stuff there. In this day and age, I don't know that I want to do much of yeah. anything except what I'm doing. And that's yeah. playing golf and doing podcasts. That's about whole, it. Well, we got to catch up on that. shitload of nothing. Point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. What, let, let, let's get from both of you guys. Like, what led you into rock radio? Did you just not want to work for a living? <laughs> like me? Didn't want to grow up. Right, yeah. and then, wouldn't be a rock star, but yeah. didn't have the music talent, right? Right, right. I I actually just like asking questions and interviewing people and sharing information and uh, being like, "Yo, check this tune out, check this tune out," and to be able to be paid to tell people to check this fucking tune out. Oh my god! Yeah, I totally Radio don't was, have to grow out. Like totally paid no to stay in out. high school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> college, I got, maybe I got, yeah, college. after college. Marcus, did you have one of the little transistor AMs in, that you kept under your pillow? I mean, I was that kid. Oh, you know? yeah. In the oh, 70s, I was yeah. listening to cheesy FM songs, reading, and uh, staying up late at night listening to radio and someday yeah. going, I want to do that. Wi-Fi 92 was the first FM station I probably listened to. I was in Denver. It was like 96KX and uh, KBPI and KZY and uh, then eventually college radio like KBCO and KTCL in Boulder and Fort Collins. And then college I did it. Our high school had a radio station. And then I wrote ad copy for a year out of college and was like, our I couldn't do it anymore. And I was waiting tables and somebody that I knew came in and was like, you want to be on the radio? And I'm like, yeah, you're done with college. Yeah. You got your degree. Yeah. Call me tomorrow. And then a week later I was doing overnights on a Michael Bolt, Amy Grant station. Wow. Wait a minute. I never knew this. We've been friends for 20 years, yeah. co-workers for 10 yeah. and podcast partners for five years. By the way, we just mm -hmm. crossed five years as, in fact, uh, yeah. it's uh, which it's today. Or yeah, today, oh, is that right? Today's the five anniversary. Years. Yeah, five years. The anniversary. The, the imbalanced history of rock and roll, and roll is yeah, five right. years old. Yeah, son of a bitch. Dude. Time flies quick when you get old. Like yeah. ain't working. <laughs> well, this ain't work, boys. This is to fun. Be fair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, LSD time. You know, it suspends reality. Right. Just get, no. We we did um a weekly bent news update, a second episode every week for like what seventy five six weeks there. Yeah. Months. And uh, so we would do our historic episode about, you know, this week's topic of what, whatever that was, and then do, Hey, here's what's going on this week in rock yeah. and, and in the yeah. world of rock. A lot of celebrities are dying. We're at the age where we're losing a lot of very important and influential musicians who had a huge impact on the direction of rock and roll music, pop culture, and all of that. So yeah, yeah. keeping people yeah. in the know, you know, and talking a little bit about it is why we were doing it. And then, so, yeah. Well, we do a, um, a lot of research and we read a lot oh, yeah. and um, I don't know, I have, uh, you know, I have a stack of books that we've read, but I also have a folder full of eBooks that we've read and uh, we're working on 
getting ready for an interview with Susie Ronson. Mick Ronson. Mick, Mick Ronson. Mick Ronson. Yeah. 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 Dude, from the she, very beginning, man, she 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 either Marcus, you said she had journals, but yeah. she knows remembers everything. I don't know how. I can't remember involved, what I had from Bowie's hair at the Ziggy Stardust time. Yeah. Helping yeah. Involved in the fashion, and she wrote this book. It's out April fourth, and. We got a chance to preview it, and it is so cool because it's such a different look yeah. at this scene and how things happen, you know, in the, you know, the dirty aspect behind the scene. Yeah. Really well written, and she kept journals and kept notes, and she, she seems like really good people from what you read, and Mick seemed like a pretty incredible dude and yeah. super talented, oh, man. Such a talk now that he had with uh, Bowie in the mid early to mid-70s. I mean, that's some of the Bowie's best stuff, in my opinion. Yep. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Sexy yeah. as hell, his guitar. Yeah. Well, the other hey. guests that we had on recently, uh, we've had a bunch of really good ones and a couple more coming up, but we had this guy, Joel Selvin, on. He's written a bunch of books. And we read his book about drummer Jim Gordon. I don't know if you know him. Oh, yeah. He killed his parents. Killed his mom. His mom. Killed his mom. Mental health. Ah, A huge mental health story. A a real, like, would you call it even a a, a cautionary tale for people to, you know, keep an eye on friends who have issues because. He was in Derrick of the Dominoes, wasn't he? He he wrote the piano. You know the piano part of Layla? He's the drummer, right? But again, he's just sitting there farting around at the piano one day and they're like, what the fuck's that? He goes, I don't know. They put that in at the end. But he was incredible. He could play melodically. He would add elements to the song. One day we were talking about the part of the book where he walks in one day and they're all like, hey, Jim, what are you doing? Because how Blaine was playing the drum parts, right? So he's in there and he's got plastic milk jugs with slits in them at different lengths and he's hitting them to get these different boing 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 yeah. and these are the kind of things that he would add in the studio that w- nobody else would think of the other side of it is very dark yeah, yeah. and yeah. selvin's book and the way we talk about it with him really is great on the episode wherever you get your podcast it's the imbalance history of rock yeah. and roll but we've we've been uh we've been a little busy these last few years just doing that awesome that uh, book's incredible i recommend you read it and the way it dives into the mental illness and the uh aspects of uh uh his uh mental health issues and the way he tells the story is pretty incredible it makes you feel uncomfortable at times but you learn a lot too and one of the lessons that i got out of this book is pay attention to your friends listen to them yeah listen to the people you love pay attention to them you will see the signs if there are issues. You will know the signs. They will give you hints. They will give you clues. They will tell you these things. Hey, 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 hey. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know you're being yeah. serious here, but that was a clue. Yeah. That was a <laughs> oh, he's got more clues about me than he ever needs. <laughs> hey, Wait, Ray, how did you get into um record rep stuff? Who me? A R A and R? Uh well. I was working for Cal Rudman. You guys remember Cal and the Friday yep. morning quarterback over in Cherry yep, Hill. I remember that name. And yep. um, worked with You're a right lot of the, people. You were the metal guy there. For I, I was. I yeah, yeah. Yes. Did a lot of that stuff. And and uh, that's was kind of worked hand in hand with the rocker show that I did on MMR too. But, um, you know, you worked with a lot of people there. And uh, I was talking about making a move. And CMC had a lot of my favorite classic rock and classic metal bands already. And there was talk about what they were going to do moving forward. So I went to work for them. And from that led me 
into some A&R opportunities to work with a couple artists that you really, you know, people, you, you, you know, growing up, you get to know them a little and they say, Hey, let me help you out here. That's basically what it was. Wait a uh, rockers the, wasn't on MMR rockers was YSP. You mean no, rockers They're started on MMR. MMR. Really? Yeah. Well, wh- first off the original metal shop was on YSP and ended. At oh about yeah. You're right. You're right. You're 86 right. or so, uh, because basically everybody got, other jobs and left radio, you know, dirt and uh, Ed and everybody got involved in different things. So there was a time when there was Me no metal show. And then I got, uh, the rocker show started there on MMR. When I left MMR and went to YSP, it, it had already been canceled by MMR and then it got restarted. And then I left to go to work for the record company. And when that happened, that's when, uh, Matt and Huggy took over and started their terror reign of terror, uh, it was the it was. and they did great though they did a great show for a long time i was supposed to i remember when slippery when wet first came out and hearing it on uh on metal shop and then i was turned on to Queensryche. i still had to have a right? cassette somewhere they played walk in the shadows they debuted it and i was like from i was fucking like whoa what is this you know so i was a huge metalhead obviously still am. i know you were well I remember the- that what was the big first hit from Slippery When Wet um, with Bon Jovi? Uh, you love a bad name. Yes. That was the first song I ever heard in a strip joint. I swear <laughs> to God. I believe you. Yes. In 19, I want to say this is probably 86. Yeah. Is that around the time? Yeah. 85, 86? Yeah, it was yeah. a perfect time for stripper songs. In fact. I'll never yeah. forget it. it a There's a podcast on Pantheon, our, our network. There's a guy that's his whole podcast is all about uh, strip current, joint music current and stripper song history. Oh yeah, man. it's that's the whole podcast. I swear. All right, did, did either of you guys work in a strip club? As an announcer, no. I did. no. Jackie did though. Bam Bam worked at oh, uh, oh, yeah. was notoriously yeah. for yeah. for a long time before he that's got, how he got into radio. radio. Cousin Wasn't Ed he an investor? <laughs> Cousin Ed recruited him out of the strip club. Oh, he did? Yeah. Yes. Hey, there is something else going on that we want to talk to you guys about. If we could actually, be, we would be announcing it on your podcast. Awesome. Ah, jeez. Oh, sound effect half. What are they up to? We don't oh, have geez. breaking news. What? Uh, yes. Sound effects. No sound effects. No. Just, 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 just roll with it. We're uh, we're going to be debuting shortly our own imbalanced history channel on live 365, which is a live music streaming, uh, I guess resource for people. A lot of people have uh, stations there, but um, we're, I can talk about what we're putting up, right? Marcus and why go ahead. We, um, we had the, uh, the dream police and I'm not talking about cheap trick. Um, people from one of the major music groups actually attacked our podcast on Spotify and forced Spotify to take so, uh, several episodes down from Spotify. They so did we've that got yeah, a lot in the music industry. What's that, buddy? They did that with a lot of music podcasts. We didn't know, but we were finding this out as we've been going. So we have a whole stack of them that were taken down on Spotify. They're still available out there on other, on other apps. It's just weird. It's a weird thing that's going on. So we decided with the opportunity to work with the uh, gang at live 365, uh, that what we do is start with that. I don't know. I think we're going to start in the first batch. It's like seven and seven and then seven and seven sounds like a good way to start. And then, uh, uh, another seven. And then, uh, we're going to be able to do some expanded episodes. Uh, Marcus, you did one already. Yeah, I did one on uh, Peter Gabriel, and we just put the full songs in because usually when we edit or present our podcasts, 
we highlight our points with segments of songs, short segments, yeah. 30, 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. And... Which is why we were surprised that we got any shit from them. So that's honest. illegal, apparently? No, it's not. It's no, part it's not. of fair use. And oh, it's okay. totally egregious and, uh, and random. And they haven't even given us specific episode reasons. And, and we've asked for all that stuff. So rather than get into a fight, with one of the biggest music groups in the world. We figured we'd just do our thing. It was a good way to get them out there and start this channel, which we've been talking about. And then Marcus worked up and I, that one, and I've been working on an expanded version of our story of the police episode. Mm-hmm. So we can play the full songs for people. Cause we've had a number of people ask us about stuff like that. And well, how do uh, people find uh, the live 365? Well, if they go to imbalance history, a rock and roll on social media. We'll be announcing when it's get ready to roll out there. Oh, okay. Uh, and we're on Marcus or our uh, radio, yeah. my Reku radio or Marcus in the darkest pages. Yeah. Basically there's also other opportunities to do other stuff. And for us mainly inside the imbalance history of rock and roll to maybe do some other programming in there as well. So we're pretty excited about That's rolling awesome. out the channel and having our own channel there. Yeah. Thanks to Johnny floater and, and everybody guy's name is his you know it's a radio name right it's totally. johnny floater, johnny yeah. floater totally. great guy he's been hooking us up awesome with all the right guy. people there at live 365 so we'll let you know about that but we, we, we wanted to announce it here on the ah oh, geez podcast that's fantastic congratulations yeah. guys wow. isn't it incredible like you guys have been around a long time you know we've been around a long time maybe not as long maybe you know it doesn't really matter but how, how you've seen the industry you know, evolve and all the different sort of opportunities and different modalities to broadcast now, as opposed to, you know, 20 years ago. It's changed so much. I I remember in the nineties when Scott system started beginning with voice tracking, I was working in Denver at a couple of rock stations during that time. And we had early pro tools, early odyssey, was one of the programs we were working with. I audacity? Remember. Yeah, I audacity. audacity. That's yeah. it, Audacity. I get yeah. those two mixed up all the time. So. And That's why it's the imbalanced history of rock. Does George Soros own Audacity, too? Or did he say <laughs> I don't know. I have no, no idea. It's free software. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, there was some early software. And, and you know, it. how far it's come and how they're able to voice track now and how they've really taken out the personality and the soul yeah. of a medium is really uh, disappointing. And sucks. That I connection. I mean, we're all radio people, so it's important to us. And I feel very lucky that I have lasted as long as I have in the changing of the business. It's becoming the younger and gone. younger. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I feel lucky and grateful that I'm still able to do my shift every week at WMMR in Philadelphia because it's so much fun. And, sure. and that's old school. Yeah. That's old. That's a that's an outlier now. Yeah. It and is. it really is. And we're we're an anomaly in the business. There's no doubt about it. We're an anomaly wow. rock radio station in the business. True. In the in the eighties, the not uh, the name Weekend Warriors came out. It's the Weekend Warriors with you know, and the people who were on the weekends. Now it's we're the week. Getting worried. Yeah. 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 The old yeah. guy. It's yeah. weekend warrior. world class engineer on the line. Oh, yeah. And the great Jim Ladd recently passed oh, away. Knowing the last DJ. He was yeah. it. He was the yeah. inspiration for yeah. the great song from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And, you know, yeah. I, I remember just listening to Shockey, was one of the guys that 
that really caught my attention first like because he'd tell you a story you know like i learned so much about each band or each song or whatever in between i was just like captivated i couldn't turn it off yeah you know and that's totally gone that's been gone for a long time now yeah but it's, yeah. it is a shame yeah these, and these automation me- services do not know the art of the the segue no no you know when you would look at your music log and you'd see two songs you're like oh shit and you go give me a dry drop of a cart and i'm gonna put these two songs together like you're you're there back time in the song to get it Mm -hmm. perfect and then you just nail like something into like you know a song that ramps up like a shine on you crazy diamond you get this perfect segue right and you don't care what you said on the air. That segue, you would hit the fucking mic button so you could record it on your air check session. It was so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you turn on the yeah. mic, Harry, that's when your cassette would record. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Jeez, it, when was I the last time that happened? I wish they would put a cassette deck back into the studio instead of going to have to pull it digitally. I'd rather play it digital, record the cassette, and then throw it on digital that way. Oh, I love having that cassette. Character. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's got character and imperfection. Oh yeah, like vinyl. That's yeah. one of the things I love about vinyl. We have a turntable in the studio. Oh, we, we used to do we vinyl do weekends, and <laughs> Pierre does the vinyl cut every day. Oh yeah, I used to love it though in the vinyl days when you would put something on, like you know that that segue you're talking about, Jason. We had a yeah. long, slow segue mm. coming down there, and you'd be like smoothing it in, and then. <laughs> It would do the, you know, it would have that one thing where it skips over to like a second and a half, two seconds later. Ruined. Man, Mojo ruined. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so man. funny. I, I, I started in rock radio and I, it's such a blast. The most legendary name in rock radio, Harry, and I know that Marcus and Ray will smile when I say this name. I, don't smile yet. How many Christmas cards do you have from Bobby? Uh, Handwritten. Yes. She was the best. I know. Bobby Silver. Still is. Seven or eight, I think, is she worked about set no, maybe ten. I have about ten from her. Yeah. Um, and then she retired, which is a bummer. She Interscope was she with for a long time? Yeah, then, yeah she yeah. was with everybody at one Yeah, point. she set me up with an interview with Josh <laughs> Tommy from Queens Mercury, of the Stone yes. Age on Air of Vulgaris. Uh, and it was such a fun interview. I love Bobby. And hanging out with her at shows was a blast. Little little lady with this crazy, old messy hair. hair. She'd yep. walk in with, like, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> she could get anybody awesome. on the phone, Jason. She could, she had that yeah. the old-fashioned, the leather, you know, mm-hmm. phone book, and she could flip that open and get any – who you need to talk to, who we need to get on. She yep. was amazing in that regard. Just but, give me an ad. Give well, me an ad. You know, we all have Rolodexes in boxes somewhere from the 80s yeah. and early right, 90s, right? right? But – she was always on the road, like all the record guys. And they had to have that, that leather organizer. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Three inches mm-hmm. thick and you needed all of it. Right. And yep. uh, she was pretty amazing that way. You know, you'd go into a, uh, a station and she'd be sitting in the lobby making calls on her way, you know, to the next visit after that, you know, get never it, you know. wasted a second of your time. Uh, called you, bah, 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 This is all about a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> I need an ad here. You know, I need more spins here she was i was even more than that when i was doing the metal show i had no idea how we were impacting thing and she was she would tell me about it you know so eventually she started pulling out the whole sheet and when you could i guess 
she would make like a, a, a JPEG of it and email me the chart for Philly yep. every week so that I could know what the, where the metal records I was playing were, you know, selling. How they were doing. How they were selling. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. Mm. It did that for years and nobody ever, you know, never asked her about it. It's great. Yeah. She should write a couple of books, man. She She's been a rock and roll of fame. Books. Oh, yep. She is in or she should, should be. be. Oh, okay. she should be. Yeah. She there should be a wing for the promo people. Yeah. Yep. She's they could call it the Artie Fufkin Museum. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody would get the joke. And be right in the ass. Kick me right in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many hours I spent a week as a youth uh, in listening booth at the Berkshire Mall, just flipping wow. through records and just looking at the cover art. And, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you'd buy one, you'd go home, you'd, you couldn't wait to get it out and read whatever liner, liner notes, notes or, yeah. you know, if there were lyrics that were included in it, it was just like opening Pandora's box, man, as like a 14 year old. And it just, it was just entertainment. And I feel sad for the people, younger people today, they don't get to experience that. And My they think, does. they think, oh, well, through she you. Buys albums. Oh, yeah, she does? She buys oh, albums. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's turning, Harry. Yeah. The worm is turning. Oh, it is? <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, uh, we have a great store here in Doylestown called Siren Records. And okay. you walk in there, and it's almost all vinyl. Mm. They have some CDs, and they have the new releases on CD. But, you know, most of these places now have gone at least 50 to 75% vinyl because that's what people are interested in. Wow. Yeah. I'll do a little uh, thing with my, my record collection. Okay. I have uh, about 1500 albums and about 2,500, 3000 CDs. The values over the years, the va the albums became worth less and less and less. Right. Mm -hmm. But over yep. the course of time, the, even mm -hmm. though there's more CDs, it's gone it's like, like a, this. And my like a CDs, precious metal coming back. Yep. My CDs are virtually worthless. They're like a mm. dollar each of it. If they'll mm -hmm. take them for a trade. I sold mine gonna... years ago. Brought, wow. brought, brought huge bins of them. I went through them. I'm like, all right, where's all the signed ones? Like, you know, yeah, like I got, a, I got like the Sabbath album. Every one of them. Yes. Not, yeah. Signed by the four original members. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm not, Don't I'm not in. selling this one, <laughs> <laughs> but. I brought these bins into Mad Platter in Westchester, and they're like, I'll give you 12 bucks for them. I'm like, there's like 4,000 CDs. <laughs> yep. yeah. Totally. Wow. Yeah. So I keep them all. I keep them all. Yeah. Got a question for you guys about vinyl. What was the first album you each bought with your own money? Oh, with, um, with, my, with my own money. Yeah. What was the first album you bought? Man, I, I got my question. Think about it, Harry. I'll give you mine. All the right. first one I ever got, which changed my life to this day, was from a my I have twin older brothers that are five years older than me. And there was a guy that lived up the street that was a metalhead and he gave me Blizzard of Oz. Mm. That was the first one given to me. The first one I bought was Motley Cruz Shout at the Devil. Wow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And there's I, a lot of imagery in that one too. Harry. Oh, there is. There is. Yeah. We used to, we used to have a, a Motley Crue flag hanging that covered our window in the fraternity house with the pentagram <laughs> on it. And that's exactly what the that. album cover yeah, was. Yeah, that's right. Hide that one from your parents back then. Right. Mine well, my was, parents told me not to listen to it. So what did I want to do? Go listen and get to it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Kiss Alive, 1975. Kiss Alive 2 in my collection, Harry. Well, that came out like two years later, I think. Yep. Yeah. After yeah. Destroyer. Yes. yes. <laughs> and you want imagery? It yeah, was there. Exactly. Them on stage on the risers and Gene with the, the yeah. blood and everything. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. How about you, Marcus? Bigger than both of us, Hollow Notes was the first album I ever bought wow. with my own money. That, and the I first one I ever get was out of applause. Was, the first one I was ever gifted was Magical Mystery Tour by the Beatles when nice. I was like four or five years old. Wow. It's not hard to see why you ended up in this industry when that <laughs> happened. <laughs> you know? I think the well, first gifted one I, I remember was City to City by Jerry Rafferty. Ooh, oh, that's a great album. Yeah. Baker Street half. Well, well, yeah. yeah. And on yeah. down the line or on something down, down the line. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right, oh, right down the line. Right I think down it was the line. I remember yeah. listening to those songs on radio and reading Hardy Boy books late at night <laughs> and stuff like that. Seriously. <laughs> oh my. It's such a isn't it like such a shame that the radio industry has taken like the left turn to shitville that it has in a lot of ways. Like it used to be so like integrated and mm -hmm. like a touch point mm -hmm. of your com local community and everything. Like I, I slept with a boom box behind my head, you know, I yeah. and the pillow was against it. And I just listened mm -hmm. to radio. I never wanted to get into radio. Mm -hmm. I totally had my accent. I was a forestry major at Penn state, but I realized I was too dumb for the science and math of it. <laughs> and some teacher in high school said, Hey, you got a good voice. You should think about radio. So I ended up in radio. Hmm. I worked at a beer store and a guy in radio came in and that's how I got a job, an intern. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, Ed, things Ed we're learning Wank. on this podcast. It's unbelievable. Oh, geez. Ed Wank was uh, the morning guy at Quick Rock and State College. And he came in and he paid with a check when I got his beer. It was a drive through beer distributor. <laughs> I looked at it. I said, are you the wank in the morning guy? And he said, yeah. I said, I was thinking about changing oh, my boy. major to broadcast. He goes, I need an intern for the fall. I'd love to have the beer guy. Two weeks later, I started my radio career. No like shit. years ago. Wow. I and never knew beer that. Guy? Were you at first the beer guy on the air? Yeah, absolutely. I was oh, the awesome. intern beer guy. The he doesn't guy. even drink. <laughs> yeah, I did then, Harry. Oh, you did? <laughs> you did. I right. wish I, I knew you then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have gotten ugly if he put your name in there because his name was Wank Ed Wank. Yeah, it was W E N C K. -E yeah. In the morning would have been really bad if he had given you that nickname. Yeah. You'd be trying to live that down your whole career. You know? Yeah, Wank in the morning. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> it was like the morning wood. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch those morning nicknames. I'll tell you uh, that. Yeah. All right, boys, we got to jump, but oh. um, this was awesome. Let's let's um plug the podcast again. It's the, the imbalanced history of rock and roll. <laughs> Look, and we the froze. Live, <laughs> and <laughs> the live 365. And live 365 will be launching sometime in the next couple of weeks. Keep an eye on there. If uh, anywhere you look, you just type in imbalanced history. We we figured this stuff out on uh, SEO and Google speak. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, you can type in imba imbalanced with an eye history anywhere. And it'll uh, pop. You can find us on podcast apps and all that stuff, except for a few episodes on Spotify. Thank you, Universal. Otherwise, get wow. those ones on Apple or iTunes or whatever else you listen to. It'll be on the new channel and uh, much more. So, Jason, good to see you, fellas. You look great, sounding great. It's good to Thank have you. you. Jason's got a hockey it. interview he's got to do in like five minutes. Who are you talking? Nice. To? Who are you talking to? Uh, I. I, I can't say yet. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh for God's sake. breaking news. So yeah. builds. Love that Colorado oh, Martinez announces his behind you. That Colorado yeah. Rocky yeah. thing is amazing. It's an old school Colorado Rockies patch. Absolutely. Yes. First hockey playoff game I went to as a kid was when the Flyers played the Rockies in the late 70s, oh, early yeah. 80s, wow. and they beat the snot out of us. And yeah. who did the it Rockies so become fun. then? Was what? it the Devils? 
Yeah, uh, yeah, Devils, yeah. Was yeah. Our goalie, I think, yeah. when we got beat. Chico Resch was the Rocky goalie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he became the Devils, and we were the Kansas City Scouts before. He, I saw right, Chico he, at the stadium series. Chico was an, he's an announcer too. for the Devils. Nice. Yeah. Chico, yeah. he was awesome. Show Ray this. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Signed, when did signed, you get that? Signed right here by the dime bag. Gave this to me. Signed by Dime. You can barely see oh it. Oh, my there. God. Wow. Yeah. Because I was doing the the metal show back in the day at another mm -hmm. market. I was one of the first guys to play Pantera on the radio. And I got to know those guys. And when they came to Philly, Dime gifted me the Dime Bolt. Wow. It was an amazing time. <laughs> yeah. It was days ago. That's payola. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that is payola. I see nothing. I know nothing. Sergeant Schultz, a, it uh, works. <laughs> I have a Capitol Records leather couch in the house <laughs> uh, boys we'll check out the pod we encourage right, everybody to do so you guys right. are awesome thanks you guys for doing this man. Man. great guys soon thank yeah, you see, see you boys thanks. there they are Harry. that's awesome we got to do that again we only got started yeah i i love talking about like the rock radio and old school radio days yeah god damn the industry i just pisses me off sometimes i know it's never going to be the same Ugh. we just got to deal with it yeah, I guess we you know. We got to quit being old men punching at clouds. Yeah, you know, because that's <laughs> Where what we are these sound kids like. Gonna get off my yeah, yard. I know. Like Martin Roach put it up here. Uh, his uh, his nine year old has all of Taylor Swift's albums and has memorized the liner notes and the lyrics. My daughter as well. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, she's <laughs> a huge Swifty. Yep, <laughs> but she buys albums. Like, yeah. God bless her. You know, right? <clears throat> she she understands. She's a throwback, though. You know, right. she she was born in the wrong generation. Right. Matter of fact, too. I I, <laughs> I went and saw her last night. My daughter, my older daughter, Kira Lee, she uh, was in uh, Beauty, a uh, production of Beauty and the Beast last night. Harry. Oh, really? So Angie and I went last night and saw the uh, opening night of the show, and she just fucking killed it. Like she was awesome. oh good. She she was the wardrobe. I don't know anything about this. I don't know either. I don't know the story, but like there's this one scene where like the, the main character like bumps into her and then she goes and like nails this like like this crazy operatic high note. <laughs> she just <laughs> crushed it. Me and Ange were just laughing our bag off in the in the audience. Now was Ange buckled on the on the uh edibles or no nah, no nah, nah. we 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 stayed good. Well she had a nice cocktail. She had a oh. a, a blood orange uh martini as we uh had dinner while we dropped her off for her call time and then went and got something to eat so nice but yeah that was good it was great <laughs> so you had some stuff you wanted to get to her no, we don't have time we do we can go a little bit late no we don't we yeah, don't i i can go to five after oh geez. well 1105 yeah. well how about our buddy larry boa making an ace this. a hole in one playing golf yes. down in florida with a couple other phillies yep. i believe uh bryson stott trey turner might have been in that group and uh, they had Paco Figueroa, who was the first base coach. They they had all they were all copied in on the tweet from Bryson Stott. So I assume that was the foursome. And uh, Bo uh, hits a hole in one, and he goes and picks the ball up out of the hole. And it was at some outing, I guess, and it was the closest to the pin thing. And he just stuck the thing right in the right hole. Right in the hole. <laughs> I saw the video. You guys posted it on Swing It and Dig It. Yeah, yeah. And I was like. <laughs> 
I go, what do you say, Bo? <laughs> I texted him, and he's like, it was a feeling like none other. Now, think about what that guy has done what he's in, felt. In, in baseball. <laughs> he won a World Series, okay? Yeah. You know, he's coached, uh, you know, World Series, teams in World Series. And that hole-in-one was like nothing he's ever experienced. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah, that's and, great. And I think we've had Larry on. I We love Larry. Oh, we don't we don't like Larry. No, we, we love, love him. Larry. Yes, <laughs> he's the greatest. He is one of the greatest <laughs> fucking guys. Oh. Just the real dude. I just love it. We got to get him on for a Phillies preview, huh? Yeah, we should. We yeah, should. he's so he's down in Florida. I don't know if we could hook that up until maybe he comes back. Um, yeah, that's you fine. Know, comes back to the area, but um, yeah, we got to get him on. <laughs> oh, such yeah. A great now, do you want to uh, address this whole? Flyers kerfluffle uh, that apparently happened this week on uh, WI pay with Keith Jones, Jonesy. Yeah, I guess he said on there, you know, about the rebuild, like the rebuild's very controversial, Harry. Oh, yeah. Be- because like Philly fans always go, you need to do a tear down and rebuild. Like they say they want this, mm-hmm. but they don't want it, Harry, because they to, to say you want a rebuild and a tear down is one thing to live it is another. Yeah. You know, so it's totally different. But they're in a rebuild and look Jonesy said, yeah, we told we've told everybody publicly that we're doing a rebuild. We did we told the players we're not doing a rebuild essentially is the Cliff Notes version. Mm-hmm. But all this is Jonesy snapping into radio mode. Okay. Like, he he was on the radio for 20 plus years with Ange. Right. And he, I'm sure what they told the and the only thing that matters in a rebuild is not what they say. It's what they do. And if if they're not in a rebuild, they'd be adding at this trade deadline mm. as a team that's positioned as a playoff team right now. Right. They would be out there shopping to try and add to this team to make it better, to better position it for a run or whatever. Right. And that is not the case. It's going to mm. be the opposite. It's going to be subtraction, not addition. And look, Jonesy got caught up being on the radio and said something that, that was, and you know him, he's super witty. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are taking it as if he was completely serious. And I, I say to this, all the controversy, I think, good. It has people talking about the Flyers more again. Yeah. Well, what do you think they told the players prior to this season? I, I think what they told the players is, yeah, we're we're in rebuild mode here. But ultimately, you guys in this room will determine the timeline of a rebuild. Right. How long this rebuild goes is up to you. Yeah. These young players, like, Joel, like Joel, Joel Farabee, it's up to you. Uh, Tyson Forcher, it's up to you. How you guys develop mm. determines the timeline for this team to become a legit year-in, year-out competitor on an ascension to becoming a cup contender. That will be determined by players. No general manager can determine that because the general manager doesn't skate a shift, doesn't develop, doesn't right. go into the offseason and work hard and do all those things. So uh, that will ultimately says they're they're in a rebuild okay <laughs> i know people are getting crazy about it yeah but and you know and there's and some people uh, want the rebuild where you tear it all the way down so you can get a connor bedard or yeah uh, you know get but and they and they were mad a lot this season harry because they were winning right they're going oh this is bad they're winning so <laughs> if you don't want them to win you want joel farabee to stink this year you want tyson forster to not develop Right. And Morgan Frost and Sam Harrison and Cam York. Well, that's where you want the process. Yeah, you want you, know? you want to stink on purpose. Right, right. You want to stink and you want to tank in hockey. It's really simple. You get an inferior goaltender. 
Right, right. A guy who can't stop a, a muffin, well, like me. Well, they they are they are overachieving, I and mean, they're I mean, they're still in the playoffs right now. What are they third in the Metro? Yeah, you got to finish. They're going to have to finish in the top three to make the playoffs because they right. can't, the wild cards are not going to be a team that's the in wild that cards are Detroit and Tampa, which were from the other division. So if they drop back to the Devils, would pop up maybe into that third spot. The Flyers are out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They beat Tampa the other night, six to two. I saw that. I was watching. Boy, did Vasilevsky stink out loud yeah, in that did. game? He Holy did. cow! He did. He was horrible. Yeah. Now the other Terrible. thing, I know we're down to a couple minutes here. I just thought I'd prioritize. Uh, we'll get to this F1 thing next week, but uh, it seems like I'm starting right now, Harry, on the TV in the home studio. Okay. All right. Well, Bahrain International Circuit. The NFL people are, are all out in Indianapolis at the Combine, mm-hmm. and somebody spoke uh, with Ta- Troy Vincent, who's uh, you know high up in the uh, the NFL front offices competition committees and all that kind of thing and asked him about the tush push and whether yep. that was going to be outlawed in the off season. And according to what I'm reading here on, on crossing broad uh, is that quote, the general sentiment within the league is that it's a credit to the Eagles that they've found a short yardage play that works so well for them. Vincent said the competition committee didn't even discuss the tush push when it met at the scouting combine because everyone is on the same page that there's no reason to ban it. Yeah. Stop it. You You want to stop them from doing it? Stop Stop them them from achieving the goal of getting a first down. Like they did to themselves against Tampa in the playoffs. Exactly right, Harry. (laughs) (laughs) So thought Uh, I'd get that in. Let's tell the people about Fudge Kitchen, Harry. Yes, uh, the original Fudge Kitchen, the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and the IG's podcast. You know where to find them, down the Jersey Shore. Six locations, Cape May, Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The original Fudge Kitchen make all of their fudge and sweet treats right in the store, guaranteeing a delicious product. Stop by and let them know that we sent you. And if you're not able to visit in person, no problem. They'll ship it right to you. Be sure to check them out at fudgekitchens.com. There you go. We'll be back next week, episode 89. Everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you next time on the OG's podcast. Someone learn, many do, cover up